better at Worldwide Golf Shops. Episode 229. Hello, everyone. Tom Purcell again. Thanks so much for joining us. Whether you're a first-time listener, long-time subscriber, somewhere in the middle, doesn't matter. We are just glad you joined us. Today's going to be a special one. Our guest is the winner of the 2003 United States Open Championship. He was named the winner of the 2016 Payne Stewart Award, captain of the 2018 United States Ryder Cup team. Who else but Mr. 58 himself? Jim Fuhrer. Jim, thanks so much for joining us. It's great to have you. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you. Jim, it's hard to believe the the things, the events that have gone on in the last year with you. I would like to ask you about a couple of them. You know, 40 years ago this summer, Al Guyberger got a nickname, <laughs> Mr. 59. You, you got your own last summer, Mr. 58. Share with us a little bit about that. That was just absolutely incredible. And uh, it was just, it was fun to watch for a fan. You know, it's a week that I really wouldn't have ever imagined something like that happening. I, uh, you know, it's a golf course that should suit my game, but one I've really never been that comfortable on. I haven't played in Hartford that often. Um, I really hadn't been playing that well. I really had a good ball striking summer last year, and somewhere during the PGA, I just kind of got in a funk and really didn't feel good about my swing and wasn't hitting the ball that well and had really worked hard during uh, during the week at Hartford to try to get it back, but uh, just wasn't happy. You know, didn't uh, wasn't hitting the ball that well. I had to make about an eight-footer on Friday just to make the cut. I think I shot one over on Saturday. I was teeing off, I mean, almost in the in the first group going off Sunday morning. So uh, I think I was tied for 70 to start in the day uh, and just kind of got it going. I don't, I don't know what others else to say other than, uh, you know, I had a day where I felt pretty good with my golf swing and just kind of started aiming at pins and firing it and uh, hit it close uh, quite a bit. So I uh, missed about a 10-footer on one, but – Made a good 15-footer for birdie at two. Hold a wedge at three. And then uh, I think I birdie four is a tough hole. I had a four iron about four feet. Before you know it, I think I birdied uh, uh, like hole six through 12. I was I was 11 under through 12. So uh, it gave me a lot of the same feeling. I shot 59 back in 2013, and I shot eight under on the front nine in both rounds and kind of had that, you know, here we go again type of uh, – you know, type of uh, feeling and was able to birdie the first three on the back nine and, and get it deep real quick. So, uh, you know, the rest of the way, it's a little bit of a mental battle. You know, you're trying, you know, you're playing well, you know, you're hitting it good. Putts are going in. Uh, at that point, it's a little bit of a mental battle to try to get the score out of your head and, and treat, keep trying to go as low well as you possibly can. That was what I was going to ask you. How do you, what were you thinking those last few holes? You knew you were, you knew it was there, right? Yeah, I knew it was there. I had a, uh, you know, reachable par five at 13. I drove the ball right down the middle, but in a divot. So I had to lay up. Pin was front on the water. I hit it about 25 feet past the pin uh, with the wedge. But I hit it tight at 14. Uh, missed about a 12-footer. Almost drove the green at 15 and pitched it about eight feet by. You know, long pitch across the green. And the eight-footer horseshoe, you know, came right back at me. Um, that was the first time it was kind of a realization that, oh, maybe they're not all going to go in because they, they were <laughs> to that point. Um, but, uh, I knew I had to get through the 17th hole and, you know, 16's a part three over water. I hit it, hit it in the right spot, about 20 feet, long right of the pin, maybe 25 feet and was able to curl one in. Uh, and at that point realized that, you know, I had an unbelievable opportunity. I was 12 under par, you know, two pars would be 58, another birdie 57. It would, 
you know, an incredible round. And, and uh, 17 was a hole that I made double bogey on earlier in the week. I drove it right in the water. And uh, I made a very tentative swing at 17, got away with it, knocked it in the fairway. And from that point on, just told myself I was going to be as aggressive as I could and, um, you know, kind of aiming, aiming at some pins and fire and see what happened. Well, you etched your name into into lore for a long, long time, and you've got the nickname now. I want to ask you about a month later because this was very emotional. I, I watched it, but being named the winner of the Payne Stewart Award, just something that's congratulations first. It's something that not only what you do on the course, but what you do off the course, how you conduct yourself in your charitable endeavors. I, I can't imagine sitting there looking. You guys are looking at Tracy Stewart and the family and getting this, but take us through what was going through that evening. Cause it was really something special to watch. Well, it, it is such an honor to win, win the award. I and mean, it has a lot more to do about uh, your character and off the golf course than it does about playing golf. Um, I think it hit me. I was excited to, to win the award. I, I think, though, it hit me when it came time to kind of write the speech and get ready for the day and also knowing that, you know, Tracy was going to be there, Chelsea was going to be there, um, you know, and kind of remembering back to Tabitha and I meeting Tracy and Payne for the first time over in Bermuda and having some fun and hanging out with them and, and how gracious they were to uh, – to take kind of a young player under their wing and, and uh, have so much fun with us. And, um, you know, it made, made it very hard. It was a very emotional day for Tabitha and I, uh, I spent a lot of time in the hotel room trying to prepare my thoughts and what I wanted to say and, uh, to make sure I got it right. And, uh, I eventually had to tell Tabitha that she had to leave the room because we were, we were laughing for part of it, but we were crying for most of it. And, uh, it, it I knew I'd never get the speech written if she was there. So, um, you know, just really, um, you know, an honor to have uh, some of the past winners there and some of the players in the event there, uh, friends of mine, but mom and dad were there. It really, uh, a lot of pressure as well. It's, you know, televised live on the golf channel. It, you know, we're, we're comfortable giving, you know, hitting a driver or a wedge or playing golf and the ultimate pressure to Ryder cup, but having to give a speech is something that, you know, maybe most tour pros aren't prepared for. So I was, uh, I was very nervous and, uh, I felt like the best way to handle it was to just really, uh, talk from the heart. And, uh, a lot of the speeches I'd written, I kind of threw by the wayside in the middle of that and just really talked about what I wanted to and what was important to me and, and to my family and, and, uh, and how much, uh, you know, we love the award and what, what it meant, you know, to have Payne's name on it and to be a winner was, uh, was just fantastic. So uh, it was a great, great way to kind of round out, uh, our season, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I started the year with a, with a surgery in February. I only played about half the year last year. Uh, didn't have a lot of great results. And then, you know, end of the summer shot 58 and, and then found out that, uh, I was going to win the Payne Stewart award. It really made it a special year. Well, you had a few months to then something else big happens. If it can't get emotional enough, you're named the Ryder Cup captain, I believe, in January, wasn't it? I mean, talk about that. And I had found out right before Christmas that uh, from the PGA of America that uh, I'd been chosen to be the next captain and then had to sit on that for almost a month. That is a really hard secret not to talk about. Um, So I obviously told my, my, you know, family and uh, really kept, kept that secret from a bunch of friends. And uh, when we made the announcement, I caught a lot of a lot of heck from from <laughs> from a lot of friends, knowing that. Wait, wait a second! You've known this for a while, and now now we're just finding out. So, 
you know, it, it's been an event that's always been special to me. Uh, I think seeing, uh, walking through the hallways, walking through our team room, seeing pictures of, uh, the past players, past teams, Payne's picture is always front and center, uh, especially up in uh, Minnesota where he won the U.S. Open uh, at Hazeltine. So, uh, you know, it, it's something I've always kind of wanted to do. Uh, I've played in nine Ryder Cups now. Uh, it's my favorite event. My, my one big regret is that the teams I've played on haven't been that successful. We've, we were two and seven in those nine. And, uh, you know, so some of those losses were some of my – you know, my toughest and, and darkest moments in golf and, and those victories were some of my joys. And, uh, you know, to be a part of a team atmosphere and, and uh, you know, represent your country and have the whole, whole U.S. pulling for you is, is a special feeling. And to be able to lead that team, it's something I always wanted to do. Uh, and along the way, throughout those nine Ryder Cups, you know, I, I really admired. I went from kind of playing for my idols and, you know, Ben Crenshaw, Tom Kite, uh, Curtis Strange to playing with my contemporaries and, and folks that I played a lot of golf with and Al Sutton and Paul Azinger and Corey Pavin and Davis Love. Um, you, you know, I, I, I kind of along the way in the back of my mind was if I ever got this opportunity, I, you know, here's what I liked. And so I'll try to pull bits and pieces from every captain and, and, uh, and really, you know, I think to be successful, you have to do it in your own flair and your own personality. But uh, I was very fortunate to be able to play in so many and play for so many wonderful captains. I'm going to try to draw from those experiences and, and pull a little bit of, you know, from each of their pages to, uh, to help this next team. Well, Jim, you're brought to us courtesy of our friends at Callaway Golf. They have really knocked it out of the park with the equipment they've put out there this year. It's just flying off the shelves and into the hands of golfers, not only here but around the world. Can you take us through a little bit, just quickly through your bag and what you're playing, uh, the equipment you have right now from? Yeah, I'm I'm starting to pull head covers off now that you ask that. I'm in my (laughs) club room uh, at home in Ponte Vedra, so I'm in my workshop. Uh, I was just locked in the lines and putters. but yeah, I uh, uh, were, we, were we starting from the driver, or are we working? Yeah, from let's the take it take it from the uh, from the length all the way down. We'll go with the big dog first. Um, I immediately put I have I have a, a great big Bertha Epic in the bag, so I immediately put this club in the bag when I tested it. Uh, I want to say last November, December was the first time they brought it out. They were kind of making some rounds through the country, trying to introduce it to the tour pros and. Uh, immediately loved it. I like the fact that you know, I, everyone knows I'm not a long player. For me, it's about accuracy. But uh, I got some launch out of the driver immediately. It launched a little higher. Um, good speed. Gained. I didn't gain maybe quite as much as some others, but I gained two or three miles an hour on my ball speed, which is phenomenal. Um, but I really like the fact that I felt I could work the ball both ways a little bit better. Uh, I hit it straighter. And that's what, you know, even if I gain – if I go out there and I gain, you know, two or three miles an hour and I get six to eight yards out of it, that's, that's phenomenal. Don't get me wrong, but my bread and butter is hitting the ball in the fairway. And, and, uh, I feel like I hit this, this driver a lot straighter. My misses are a lot, a lot straighter. And I've, uh, I've kept the ball in play a lot better this year. So, uh, I, I'm excited about it. And, and, uh, I know it's selling, it's doing well at retail. It's doing well as a consumer. And, uh, I think Callaway definitely. This is uh, this is the best driver they've had. Uh, honestly, I think uh, I've played a lot of their stuff since the late '90s. I think this is their best driver since we go back to the '90s. 
in the market. Uh, just recently, in the last couple of weeks, I put in the three wood as well. Uh, so I got the great big berth of Epic three wood. It's a uh, 15 degree loft. Uh, I just switched to a new hybrid as well for Augusta. So I've got it's. I'm a model back. I'm at the big berth of Alpha 815. So it's uh, see, it's a 20 degree. I play it in dead square in the NS. And it's kind of like my, it's got to be a real versatile club in my bag because my longest iron is a four iron. And this club kind of bridges a gap between a four iron and a three wood. You can imagine that's a big area. So the hybrid for me is a really important club. It's got to, I've got to be able to kind of open it up a little bit and hit a nice little butter cut out there and make it look like a three iron. But I need to be able to kind of turn it down and, and rip it and, and make it play like more like a two iron. So I can kind of get, it needs to cover a good 20 yard gap for me. And, uh, it's a versatile club. I love it. Um, and it, it kind of, it allows me to do, I have four wedges. So as we go down in the bag, that one club, that hybrid allows me to carry an extra wedge. And I'll tell you why that's important when we get there. Okay. So, uh, my irons right now, I'm almost embarrassed to say I'm playing an old set of irons and I've been, I, I'm goofed around with a set of, uh, apex masters. Um, I've been testing and trying a new version of the Apex Pro that I think is coming out in 18, and I am super, super excited about it. I don't get too excited about irons, but this iron uh, I love. I've hit a couple versions of it. But I'm still playing the 2011, the uh, Razor X Forged. Um, this iron, I'm real shallow. I don't hit down on the ball real hard. This iron didn't have a lot of bounce on it. So for the guys that were steep, the guys that wanted to hit down hard on the ball on tour, uh, this iron dug a little bit for him, but because I'm not very steep, it's perfect. I Right out of the box, no grind, love it. And uh, I've I liked this iron a lot, but I'm starting to realize that, you know, there's some new technology out there. There's some irons that maybe a, a, an old short guy like me could hit the ball a little higher, a little farther. Uh, so I've been messing around a little bit trying to uh, to gain an advantage. But uh, I shot 59 and 58 with these, so they're, they're probably they're pre- pretty good as well. <laughs> You're right. Uh, so I carry that four iron to pitching wedge and then i carry a gap wedge uh, a 50 degree uh and honestly if i wasn't in my club room i couldn't even tell you what, what was on the back of these clubs um that's it's like I, I i really love equipment i can work on my equipment i can grind a wedge uh loft and lie you know pretty much anything uh but i don't really pay much attention to what's written on them a lot of times uh this is a mac daddy 2 uh 5012s um, Cowley just made me a brand new sand wedge. I wish I, I should actually take a picture of it and tweet it. It's an MD3 milled, uh, 5610. And, uh, it's about 55 degrees. It's an S grind. And then they took it in the back. They have a gentleman there that, um, you know, for, for Patrick Reed, they had one that had like Captain America on it for the Ryder Cup and, you know, they kind of specialize them. So this one's got the uh, Ryder Cup logo etched in the back. Uh, and wow. everything's in red, white, and blue. And uh, has Captain Jim Furyk written, stamped in the back. So it's a pretty, uh, pretty cool wedge. I just got it uh, right before I went to Augusta. So kind of a rough time to all of a sudden, three days before you go, to, to put a wedge in the bag. But, uh, but I'm messing with it, and I think this one, it's too pretty not to put in the bag. So I think it's going in there. Um, and then my 60 degree wedge, I've been working on a lot and Roger Cleveland, it's got tape all over it. I think it's an MD three, but I've got to actually look, 
because um, it's got lead tape on the back. I got a couple copies in here. Yeah, it's an MD3, uh, 60 degree. It's the wide sole. So like the 60 uh, wide sole. And I put a lot of, uh, I have them put a lot of offset in it for me. I love my 60 degree wedge has some offset. I think it helps me hit the ball lower, especially with that 50 to 70 yard shot. It looks better to me when I open the face. And uh, Roger just put a little grind on this one, and I hit it, uh, although I didn't play real well last week at the Heritage. I, uh, the wedge was really good for me. It saved, saved me a few times. So uh, it's one of, that's one of my favorite clubs in my bag is my 60-degree. How about the putter? You know what I'm oh, I'm missing the putter. I'm missing the putter. You're right. I played the one wide. So I've been messing all around with a, a two ball. Uh, last week I was messing around a little bit with a two ball. Uh, it's got a little bit of a, a short hosel on it, and it's a, what they call it, the O-Works. So it's got the micro hinge face on it. That almost went in play last week, but the, uh, the one wide that, I, that I've been playing the last few years, I shot 59 and 58 with spin in the bag. So it's got a white hot face on it. It's a Versa one wide. And I like the white, black, white. You get two options sometimes. You can go with the kind of the black face, then white, then black, or you can go white, black, white. I like the white uh, out front. Uh, and then the black face kind of gives me a contrast to the loft, so I got a good idea how much loft's on the putter. Hey, go into the ball pocket of your bag. Talk about the Callaway ball you play. Yeah, so I play a Chrome Soft golf ball. There's a couple versions out on tour. Um, but I've been playing the Chrome Soft now for, I think it's my second season. I was uh, an SR3 before that. Uh, but uh, so it's, it's a Chrome Star Soft, uh, with Chrome Soft Golf Ball. Uh, great feel. Uh, spins. I always play our product at Callaway, any company I've been with along the way. But I play the ball that we make that spins the most. And so you've kind of got two options. If you think about golf balls, right, you can kind of go for distance. You can kind of go for spin and control or you can try to split the difference in the middle, right? And I'm not a very long player. I don't hit the ball very far. Uh, everyone knows that. Uh, you know, if I crush a drive, I fly at 270. Um, that's in, in the air. So I've tried to play products that maybe launched a little higher, spun a little less, went farther. But at that same point, I'm gaining a little bit of distance, but I'm still not going to hit it like Dustin Johnson long. Uh, and then I'm losing control. I'm losing wedges and feel and spin around the greens and that's my strength so i've always felt like um i'd love to make my weaknesses stronger but not at the expense of my strengths and this golf ball uh, has plenty of spin plenty of control um you know i can flight the ball real well in the wind i can hit the ball low uh for me it's about really how well can i hit the wedges can i hit my numbers with those can I knock the ball down, irons, and then I fit my driver to the golf ball? You know, a lot of amateurs go the other way around. They fit a driver to a golf ball. Which one can I hit the farthest? And then they try to play it with the rest of their set. What I'm looking for is when they bring a new golf ball, I want to go to the short game area. I want to hit wedges with it. I want to start at 5- and 10-yard shots. I want to work the full wedges. I want to hit some irons with it. And now and I'm like, hey, this is a pretty good golf ball. Now let's go hit it with the driver, and I'll find a driver. You know, if I need to add loft or take some loft off or whatever it may be to get the right launch and spin, we'll do that. But first and foremost, I want to take care of my short game. And, and this ball uh, this ball is really handy around the greens. It gives me the best chance to score. Great advice from Jim Furyk. 
look for the ball that's going to work around the green for you first, and or maybe, like I said, maybe split the difference and go both. Hey, Jim, before we close, it's going to be an interesting summer for you. How does your schedule set up for the summer? Because you're going to be, be out there playing with some guys that may have a chance to make your team. Talk about your schedule. Yeah, and first and foremost, you know, we have a President's coming, Cup coming up this year. Steve Stricker is the captain. Uh, I'm going to be a part of that as, a, as an assistant as well. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted earlier when you asked me about the Ryder Cup, one of the reasons I wanted to do it uh, sooner than later and before I turned 50 is so I, I was still playing out on tour so that I would know all the guys that made the team. Um, and if, if there were some younger players out there that I didn't know very well, I could you know, go grab a practice round. Uh, I'll end up getting paired with them some. It gives me an, you know, an opportunity to kind of check out their game and, and how they play and then how, you know, it gives me a much better idea of, of, of how to pair them up. Uh, and, and it just gives you that relationship and bond that I think is needed. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to play probably 18 to 20 events this year. I, I think I've only played seven so far. I'm going to take a few off in the middle of the summer. I'll have three or four weeks off kind of before the British Open. Um, but I'm going to play a lot of golf between now and then. I'm, I'm in the middle right now. I just started the two weeks off. Uh, so I won't be at Valero. I won't be at uh, the team event in New Orleans. But uh, I'll go, go strong there. Wells Fargo, uh, the players, uh, possibly Colonial Memorial. Um, I may even slip in a couple events this year. I haven't played FedEx in a long time. I think since my rookie year, I might slip FedEx in there before the U.S. Open. So uh, I'm looking to play a lot of golf before uh, you know FedEx goes in the U.S. Open, goes into Hartford. So I'm, uh, after that Hartford event, I think I'm going to take a little time off uh, family-wise. So I'm looking to play a lot of golf until then. Well, Jim, hey, thanks so much for grinding out the time with us and taking us through your bag and taking us in your shop. It's been a lot of fun. You got some final words for our listeners out there, Worldwide Golf Shops, Edwin Watts Golf from Jim Furyk? Um, you know, I think really uh, with equipment, honestly, if you haven't, uh, you haven't tried the Epic Driver, I would try it. Uh, go demo it. Go give it a, a rip. I think it really is uh, the best product we've made in a long, long time, and, and it's gaining a lot of uh, ground on tour. I see it in a lot of guys' bags that aren't Cowboy players. So I think good measure, if you want to see what products are really hot out there, go look in bags of guys that don't have a, a club contract, that don't have a club company on the side of their bag. Look to see what driver they're playing. Look to see what irons they're playing. Uh, it's a good chance they're, they're some of the best on tour, and you're starting to see the Epic show up a lot. And I think uh, earlier we talked about golf balls and trying to fit them to your game. I think one of the common mistakes is trying to fit uh, a ball to your game that makes you hit the ball the farthest, I think. Uh, what can you control the most uh, from 100 yards? From you know, the Amherst have a hard time. You know, they get scared with that half wedge or or that 100 yard shot. They want that full, almost would rather have a full pitching wedge or full nine iron into a green. So I think the ball that gives you the best chance to control control your shots from say 50 to 100 yards. That's that's where you hit a great you know a great amount of shots during a round of golf. And if you can uh, control that shot, you can score better. Jim, thanks so much. It's been great. Hopefully we can do it again soon. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, how about that? Absolutely outstanding. Another fantastic interview, courtesy of our friends at Callaway Golf. Jim Furick, and some great advice. Try that epic driver. Best one they've ever made. When you're working with the ball, look for the one that feels good first, that works for you around the green, because that's that's where you score. Great advice from Jim Furyk. 
and many thanks to Jim for joining us and to our friends at Callaway Golf for setting it up and to you, our listeners. And we'll do it again next time. We have another episode of Golf Better at WorldwideGolfShops.com. So long, everyone.